Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited for you to hear episode number 81 of our podcast. You're going to hear from Coach Ashley Laughlin. She's currently the girls' athletic coordinator at Johnson High School in the Hayes Consolidated ISD in the Austin area, actually in Kyle, Texas. She lives in Austin, attended College University of Texas, a member of their track team, but above that, just an incredible young young woman of God. I cannot wait for you to hear her story, so let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Ashley. So I always like to start these off with some background information, so if you don't mind just kind of giving the listeners a little bit of, about your background, maybe um, where, you're, where you grew up, sports you played, and uh, a little bit about your family growing up. Yeah, so I was born and raised actually in Austin, Texas, so I'm actually one of the rare people that now live in Austin that actually was born and raised here. Um, my, uh, I'm one of three, I'm the middle, middle child, amazing parents. We actually, uh, decided kind of as a family to move out to the hill country when I was going into uh, sixth grade. And that was kind of just an opportunity to go to a smaller school, get more of a community feel. And I participated in, you name it, I did it. I was a highly competitive gymnastics until I was 13. And when we moved to Marble Falls, it was there wasn't really a place to go. So I got involved in basketball, volleyball, track, tennis, softball. I mean, anything under the sun. I was like, you know, sports-minded family. So that's kind of how I was growing up out there. Awesome. Now, did you was you did you grow up in a family of faith? And then at what point did you decide that you know what I need a personal relationship with Jesus? I did. So. I grew up actually um, a Methodist. That's kind of how I was raised. My dad taught Sunday school for as long as I know, and he still teaches Sunday school, still sings in the choir. My mom does the handbells. So that has always been a huge part of, of just growing up and, you know, on both sides of my parents' family, my mom and my dad's. And I would say it was about the sixth grade when um, I – had my own personal relationship with God and we did the whole confirmation class and Mm -hmm. I remember watching DVD after DVD they used to have like you know and I would just come in and I would do it on my own I was I wanted to learn more I wanted to know more and that was truly when I felt like my relationship with God developed and it wasn't just because hey this is how you were raised um and what's really cool is my parents who I'm extremely close with my dad actually now does prison ministry. Oh, wow. And my dad is 72, and he you know, retired two years ago. But he's been doing that for about the last four years. And I can't tell you, it's so cool to hear my dad say of all the things he's done in his life, what he's been doing in the later part of his life has been more impactful for him and has meant more to him. And to know that, Hey, God's still moving in, moving through you, you know, even in your 70s and you're impacting all these people. So that's been, you know, a huge thing for me to to have those conversations with him. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that's an encouragement, too, that, you know what, it's, God's never done with us. You know, never. if he can use a 17-year-old man willing to go into prison, he can use anybody, right? Exactly. And, and <laughs> I've even been to a, two of those graduation ceremonies. And I can't tell you the spirit, how much I cried the whole service. I mean, both I was just all up in tears. It was incredible. So it's wow. 
him still doing God's work and, you know, what an impact I know he's making on, on people. So That's awesome. And we'll get back to, to faith a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about your sports. So you, you mentioned playing a little bit of everything, um, but you ended up going to college at University of Texas as a pole vaulter. Um, I think the first collegiate pole vaulter I've ever talked to. <laughs> when I was reading that in your bio, I thought this would be pretty cool. Um, so what, talk about the recruiting process for a, a, a track athlete and how'd you end up at Texas? Yeah, so uh, I was a big time hurdler and I ended up vaulting because a lot of ex-gymnasts, as far as how it relates to track, it's something that you know requires flexibility, strength, power. And it's interesting when you actually talk to pole vaulters, a lot of them have a gymnast, gymnastics background. So when I was a freshman, my mom said, hey, there's this senior guy who's really good at pole vault. You know, maybe he can start giving you lessons. And he recommended a coach to us, uh, Jack Chapman. And he's known around, you know, Texas. The, the vaulting community, everybody knows everybody. And it's something that I started doing on my own. I was driving for... I would drive, you know, an hour to Colleen once or twice a week, and, you know, it kind of took off, and I, I've wanted to go to UT. I'm like a die-hard Longhorn. I bleed orange. I didn't know if that was even a possibility, and then you know how that works with the letters and phone calls, and when you get the envelope that actually has the handwritten, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, moment. Yeah. So, so basically, the recruiting process that I ended up doing was um, I actually knew I wanted to stay in Texas, but uh, University of Arizona at that time was a great vaulting school, as was the University of Nebraska. So I ended up going to um, A&M Tech, Texas, Nebraska, and Arizona for my recruiting visits. And obviously, as soon as I actually heard from Texas officially that they wanted to sign signed me on I couldn't even believe it just because that was kind of a something I've I've just grown up thinking man it'd be incredible to go to school here and um yeah I just feel super fortunate that I was able to do that and then you did some uh coaching uh after graduating so at what point did you decide that you wanted to pursue a career in coaching and then just talk about um your coaching journey, because I, I know you coached early on some college basketball, and then, and then transitioned to some high school uh, track coaching. Yeah, so um, I actually knew I wanted to go into coaching in high school, and so when I went to UT, um, I think I was about it was about my junior year. I I talked to a couple of different coaches, and they said, "Hey, if you're real serious about this." being a graduate assistant coach is what I recommend doing. So because I had four years of the collegiate track background and, you know, I did everything in track. I was a pole vaulter hurdler, did sprints, long triple. So I had that background. So I, basketball is another passion of mine. So my early on in my senior year, I sent a resume and kind of what I wanted to do. I was like, let's, I want to go learn the basketball side so I can be really well read. I sent a letter to every single Division One coach in the country. I was just, I mean, no lie, with their names, sent it to their assistants too. I was just, I'm going to throw it out there and see what I can find. And 
I heard back from several, you know, several out of state. University of West Virginia was one of them. And, but the very first person I heard from was a lady named Mona Martin from ULM. And she wanted me to come out and visit. I thought, well, Louisiana's drivable far enough that I can still make that trip to come see my family. And she and I just hit it off. We went out there. And so I, I was a graduate assistant coach for her. And what I love about her is it's not a, a D1 program where they treat you no different than your coach for them. Hmm. Said, hey, coach, what do you want to add? In the middle of like the timeout or the halftime, she treat. I mean, they, well, I would never expect. And we had great conversations, and she really, you know, made you feel important. And and that was a unique experience because I know at most places that's not the case. Most, you know, you're usually the director of operations, which I did that as well. But she gave me just a, a really good opportunity. And from there, um, Todd Wright uh, at that time was working with the UT men's and women's basketball team on the strength and conditioning side. So if I could do any internship after that, that was my number one choice. And uh, I contacted his office, emailed, left messages. Finally, I got an interview. And that was actually a really long process because it's, it's hard to get an internship with him. He's worked from, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, you name mm-hmm. it. That's who he's worked with. And uh, after three different interviews, and questions I'd never been asked in my life interview. It's fascinating. Uh, because I think what he was trying to do ultimately was see how badly you wanted it and figure out the kind of person that you were. You mm. know, if he asked you to call it 11.17 a.m., he was going to see if you were going to call it 11.17 a.m. He would always give you a random time on a, on a day just to see how persistent you were, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but I ended up getting an internship, and I probably learned more in that that internship than I learned all through grad school. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up doing that. And uh, I think some of the coolest moments that I've had as far as every career I have ever had has been like these God moments. I've had mm. three of them happen. Uh, this will be my third school I'll be going to. Uh, the first one was uh, getting the job in Brownwood. Uh, I just finished that internship, and I don't know if you know who Don Hood is. Uh, he, so his father was the legendary ACU coach uh, that won national title after national title, had all these pole vaulters, and his son, Don Hood Jr., has been head track coach at Texas State, ACU, assistant at Texas Tech. And he tried to recruit me back in college to go to Tech. And I remember I was so torn between Tech because it was a a good vaulting school in Texas. I hadn't talked to him in six years. And I'm sitting at home, and I see his name, and, and Bob Shipley's listed online as you know, girls coordinator, there's a, a job opening. And I yelled at my mom in the kitchen, you are never going to believe this mom, Don Hood and Bob Shipley are in Brownwood, Texas. I have no idea where that is. And five minutes later, I didn't, my phone rings and I pick it up and it's Ashley, this is Don Hood. And I'm not, I almost start crying. 
Oh my gosh. I thought there's no way he had run into a former coach of mine who had told him at a, a coach's conference that I was looking for a job. And right then and there, he said, we want you to come down and interview. We'd love to hire you. And I thought, what an opportunity to work under these two men that are just not just amazing people, but they're godly men and they do everything right. So that's how I ended up at Brownwood. That's awesome. And, you know, a little, you mentioned Bob Shipley. So a little, I guess, commercial break to listeners. One of our first probably 10 episodes, I think it was uh, Jackson Shipley, uh, Bob Shipley's youngest, was a, was a guest. So if you haven't listened to that one, I encourage you to go to go listen to that one. So that's my small commercial break. So um, you're now at Dripping Springs High School as we're recording this. Now, after, probably as the listeners are hearing this, um, you would have already transitioned over to Johnson High School. So, so talk about um, your time at Dripping Springs, kind of your role, and then where you're headed um, in, in your new position. So I've been at Dripping Springs for the last six years. I started as a JV basketball coach and an assistant track coach, uh, coaching with the hurdlers, vaulters, sprints, jumps. And, you know, throughout time, you know, I gradually became the varsity assistant basketball coach and then the head track coach for years. And it's been a, just an incredible couple of years. The people there are great. The coaches are phenomenal. And that's one thing I'd say is of the, the staffs I've been on, they've, they've been just such solid people, great mentors. And so now I'll be making that transition to Johnson. And as I've met a couple of coaches there, you know, already I can tell the vibe and the excitement of opening a school. It's it's a rare opportunity because it's you never get to start kind of from the ground up and get a feeling of what the culture is going to be like and how you envision it. And everyone's kind of in line from day one. And so it's a, it's a huge opportunity. And I think we're all just ecstatic to kind of get in there and, and start working with the kids and and building this program that we we all envision. Yeah, so I know a lot of guests I've talked to are football coaches, and so we talk a lot about the pressure of coaching high school football. Any pressure, I mean, do you feel any outside of the football realm? Um, and kind of a second question is, do you see any challenges of entering the coaching field at, as a woman? I think for, for this job personally, there's a little bit of additional pressure just because this is a new role for me onto a girls coordinator. And you're also starting something brand new. And there's a lot of excitement in the community. So I think there's a little bit of pressure to be successful. You know, but someone gave me this advice the other day. They said, you know, it doesn't matter how big the job you know, it doesn't matter if you're making a million-dollar investment in, in a business company or if you're at a startup. It's how you approach it's the same. It's the same. Mm. It's the same values. It was actually Quan Cosby who actually he's a real good friend of mine, and that's who I was talking to about this job. And he's like, you know, it doesn't matter the what the title is. You approach it the same, and it's all going to be okay. And I was like, you know, that's really great advice. But I think as far as just just being a, a female. I wouldn't say it's any additional pressure. You know, obviously I live in the state of Texas. We all know football 
how big football is. And I think not just understanding that, but I think coaches building really good relationships and, you know, being able to mentor one another. I think you really want to come into a work environment where not only is everybody, you know, can you, can you sit among a round table and, you know, give advice, but I, I think it, it makes or breaks your job. It makes it easier or it makes it more challenging. And that's one thing I've loved about me and the guys that, you know, that he's brought down already is I can tell instantly it's, we can sit there, we can chat, we can tell stories. I can ask their opinion. And I think that that is what makes a really solid foundation for building something. So you know, no pressure as far as I don't think from within. I think because we're all asking the same questions, we've all never opened a school together and we're doing it together. You know that it's going to have its ups and downs, but it's about how do you handle adversity and how you get through that. And yeah, I think we're all ready, ready for that challenge. Yeah, I can't imagine opening a new school and everything that goes into that. that yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah, that's just, that's a lot in a short amount of time, right? I oh, mean, all in school, you know, all in school this Friday, and we start June 10th is, you know, getting camps rolling, and we can't even get in the building yet, so. Wow. You know, our shipment might get sent to the Johnson in San Antonio, but we're figuring it out, and <laughs> I think that's the important thing, is you just have to roll with the punches and, and handle it the best you can, and. Yeah, that's what I would definitely tell any of these youngsters is is you've got to figure out a way to just handle adversity the best you can and how you respond to that is really what what kind of defines you. Yeah. So what would you say is the greatest memory or accomplishment so far? It can be from your running days or coaching. You know, I would say one of the best memories as far as from the, the, the vaulting days is uh, probably the day, I don't know, I don't like to talk about myself personally accomplishments. This is always a hard one for me, but um, I did set the indoor-outdoor record at UT for pole vaults. That's something I never talk about, but um, as far as just accomplishments that way, but that I find a bigger accomplishment is just to be able to graduate from that institution and have lettered all four years, like to get your T ring. I think that's just a big one because of it's both, you know, the whole student athlete be able to graduate and do that. And to me, that means, that means more because, you know, records are meant to be broken. Mm. And it's not about that. It's about starting something and finishing it. And, and that is something that I can sit here and say, I'm really proud of that. What about on the flip side, maybe greatest challenge or disappointment so in, in your career? Yeah. You know, in college, it's kind of like a business, you know, especially at the big time D1 schools and, you know, injuries or setbacks happen. And I think, you know, we've all kind of had those challenges. You know, I can recall I was really injured one year with my back. I'd had a whole bunch of different procedures done. I had never no hided in college ever, and I was so injured. I no hided, and I think, I think things like that are really common, and that would probably be one of my biggest setbacks. Um, 
but you know, I think kids face those same issues today. It's no, it's not any different. It's, you know, are you able to pick yourself up off the ground and, and move forward? And, and it ended up being a great senior year for me. So I was really fortunate. Awesome. What about an athlete or two, just from a pure athletic standpoint that you've coached that really stands out? You know, there, Brownwood had some tremendous athletes. There's a couple that obviously stood out, you know, uh, Jackson Shipley, Vaccaros that also went to UT, uh, which is, you know, Kevin Vaccaro. He was a phenomenal athlete. Um, as far in Dripping Springs, who stood out to me is a, a kid who I don't think ever saw himself, you know, competing in college. I had a hurdler um, who graduated a year ago, and he got better and better, made it to state, and UTSA just wanted him to become come on as a decathlete. And we still talk regularly. And this past year, he ended up scoring at indoor now. His name was Justin Wright. And what is so cool is to see this this kid who maybe didn't fully believe in himself, but he just kept pushing and kept pushing. And to see where it's kind of led him now, that's something that will be out to me for forever is because, you know, his life probably could have gone in many different directions. And to now look at, you know, what he's doing is, yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of him. Wow, that's awesome. What about um, an athlete that you saw God work through you in their life? You know, I still look back at days at Brownwood, and I think I might end up being 70 years old and retired, and I think those first three years at Brownwood might end up being the best three. Um, They had a, you know, that's when they started the coaches' outreach which I'm sure you've heard of that. Mm -hmm. And I got heavily involved in FCA. And that's really kind of what's trickled down in my career to everywhere I've gone. And I think it started from the very top with that group of of all things. It was the men's coaching staff, football staff, that weekly got together with all the other coaches. And that led to us building this FCA program where, you know, in Brownwood, it's very, it's, it's a little different than Dripping Springs. It's more low socioeconomic where, you know, you might have to give the kid a ride home because they don't have a ride home, make sure, you know. And I think in that kind of environment, you get to, you get to really see how God is moving through those kids and mm. how pretty they are and how, I mean, those are some of the most amazing things I look back on is you really got to see God work and to see those kids now that are married and having kids and continuing to like share their faith, start their own groups. And I mean, I couldn't even say one particular kid because that whole group of kids is still so close and they still, it's almost like in some ways I feel like they could even mentor me. Like that's how Mm. strong they are. And it's just a great group of kids. That's good. 
Um, what advice would you offer a female student athlete or young coaches that wants to get into coaching but is not sure how to get started, just feels intimidated by, by the field? Yeah, I, I completely understand that. I think first and foremost, I, I truly believe that you can do anything that you truly set your mind to. You know, I think it's t it's a little bit tougher to believe that in today's society. But I think, you know, you really, you truly can do anything that you set your mind to. So if you're a young female out there listening to this today, and you say, hey, I wanted to get, get into coaching, if you're a great athlete, or if you aren't, it's finding the right people and the right resources to get you connected. And there's so so many coaches, what I've learned is the people who are experts in their field, they're actually the first to want to help you out. Mm. That's even happened recently, you know, with this new position. I can't tell you how many coaches I've reached out to who I think are amazing mentors and leaders who are the first people to say, hey, let's sit down. I just sat down with Gilbert of Gilbert Gazelles yesterday, and he we sat down for two and a half hours. And there are people who are willing to, to sit down and, and give you advice. But I definitely would say, um, if at all possible, um, try and get internships with um, whether it's a graduate assistant position, getting a master's, reaching out to some college coaches. It doesn't matter if it's mid-major, D1, D2, D3. Um, reaching out to those coaches and see what's available. Um, also, even reaching out to, you know, your coaches' associations. So... In Texas, there's the you know high school Texas High School Coaches Association or the TCGA. Those people are so willing to help you out and kind of connect you to the right people, and uh, that's always a really good way to get involved. But um, yeah, I I do think if you're wanting to, um, if you're someone who maybe is already going through case that. Getting your as a way to do it, I would recommend it just because it can give you an opportunity to work um, on with some collegiate level, and that just gives you more experience and it makes you more, um, I guess, not recruited. But I think I do think it helps on your resume. Um, so those are you know just some small tips I would say. Yeah. So in a practical sense. What role does your faith play in your coaching career? I know a lot of coaches have said, hey, coaching is a ministry. So what does that look like for you? 100% daily. I think what gets tangled up is we sometimes think that it's about winning. Hmm. Sports is, sports to me is the best way to show you life and morals and principles and yes winning is great the truth is it's about how much you grow as a person and that your kids leave you with being the best humans and the best people that they can be and I truly believe that's why God is working through us you know to reach these kids at least that's the, that's the hope I think they're whether it's daily talks with kids, um, 
it's small group, it's FCA, it is truly a ministry. Because at the end of the day, we love those kids and we want to shower those kids the way that God loves us. Hope that that continues to happen throughout my career every single day. And I feel like we definitely have the best job. You know, I really, truly do. We have the greatest job because nobody gets that opportunity. Super fortunate. Yeah, they definitely have a captive audience, if you will, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we'll never know it. You never know if you affect anybody, whether it's one person, or but he does, man. He he reaches out and he gets done. I hope that that just continues to trickle down to these young kids of today. That's awesome. So I want to ask you again for some advice. This time, you know, we do have a lot of listeners, our student athletes and coaches. So what advice would you offer them, um, seeing that athletics is a platform um, that can be used for good or bad, but, you know, one that is a follower of Christ but maybe struggling with with how to use the platform of athletics, how would you encourage them to, to be bold? You know, one, you got to realize that we're all going to fall and, and that's, that's just in human nature. But, you know, my advice to them is, is to one, find some, just one person that can help probably be your accountability person. I think that that's really important. Mm. It's never an individual journey. It's, we're strength by numbers. I think it's really important that you definitely find somebody. And I think recognizing that you're never alone. I mean, God is with you constantly. And we're so fortunate that we do have that, that platform because in today's society with so much social media, it is so easy to be on the negative end or on the positive end. And it is such a thin line but we do all have a voice, but it's how you choose to use it. Mm. And I think there's got to be some sort of I don't, conscious in your mind that you need to keep with you always, which is what is more important. And that is, to, to me, it's, it's your faith. It's the representation of also knowing that not only am I like the daughter of the king, but I want to represent my family, my community, my team, my colleagues in, in the very best way possible. And even when you fall short, it's it's owning up to it and recognizing it. And it's getting back involved. And it's whether, you know, it's prayer. It's, you know, spending that extra time in the morning doing that. Because um, it, <laughs> I, th- I think we can all say, it can even happen, you know, daily, but it's recognizing that and knowing that you aren't by yourself and that, you know, he's, he's got you. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely say young kids definitely find maybe even an older mentor or a coach. Mm-hmm. I, I would advise that. I, I think there are people in their daily lives that they see sometimes more than their parents see them. I think that's important that if you can find somebody, uh, you know, in in your school or on, on that staff that whether it's an FCA affiliate or anything like that, I would advise that. That's awesome. I wrote down, you know, as we record these, I, I, I take notes and 
and I'm just sitting there looking through just some of the things I jotted down, accountability, you know, you can't do it alone, you know, it's how you use your voice, and and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you were talking about in the context of a student athlete or a coach, but it doesn't matter where we are in life. I mean, I can't do it without, I need a mentor. I need someone holding me accountable because, you know, if I try to go through this life by myself, yeah, we're going to all fall flat on our face. That's a good reminder for anybody. I appreciate that. Absolutely. No, I, I feel that way. And that's even a conversation I had with one of my friends the other day, <laughs> how important it is just to even have like a prayer partner, you know, Amen. You, you know, and, and I didn't even realize it at the time. And I was the one who was like, I really need someone to pray with right now. So it's important. And it is, I mean, I'll admit it's hard um, at times to admit that we need, we want, we want a mentor. We need somebody to help us in a certain area. I mean, pride does take over, you Absolutely. know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's in, it's in human nature. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really, it really is. You know, it's funny that that you went down that path because I was doing this challenge, this Proverbs challenge this month, where you read a proverb a day because there's 31 chapters, mm-hmm. 31 days this month, and today, um, being May 27th, was Proverbs 27, and 27:17 was iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, and it's just perfect to what you were just talking about. That you know, that's how we get through life. So. Um, a lot of people have a favorite scripture or they call it a life verse. So is there a verse that you would share with us to encourage us? Or maybe it's one that God's shown you recently. It's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And I, I think for the last couple of years, that's something that is so important to me that I ended up putting it in our coach's office. And, um, I don't know. Um, no, that, that's one of my favorites because, yeah. it, you know, it, it's just a reminder that we do have a hope, you know, that yeah. God does have a plan for and each again, one of like, us. That's the most important thing is that we try to, we try to be the ones that, hey, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. But the truth is it's not, it's not yours. You know, it's, it's a hundred percent. God already has a plan and a path for you and it's being able to trust him, you know, to fulfill to fulfill that plan and I think sometimes that's how failures we look at failures thinking oh why why did that happen or why that happened to me but I think that's just the truth is that you know God God has you and he's going to take care of you and that it might not be what you'd planned but that plan is probably bigger and greater than anything That's right. I always try to remind myself, and I write this down a lot, that his plan is greater than my plan. And I think about that verse all the time. And I I often think if I started every day with that mindset that his plan is better than what I have planned for today, then my days would be so much better. A lot less aggravation and probably a lot less stress and a lot less of a lot of chaos. If I would just remember what I know, and what I write down, if I would truly trust that. You know, I say it all the time, oh, his plan's better, but do I really trust that? Do I really believe that? Do I hope in that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's funny how uh, even even with the different job changes or anybody's career change, you, you question, you know, so many different things as far as it's just change. I don't think people are used to change. And change, right. I think, is such 
it brings new challenges, which I always think change is great. As hard as it is, as difficult as it is, and as much as it makes you question, am I the right person for this? Or is this the right move to make? I think that's another thing I would tell, I would tell people is that change is a great thing because it gets you outside of your comfort zone and it, it truly can bring out the best in you. You know, it's just being not afraid to accept a challenge and, and kind of follow that path that God might have for you, you know? So. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm, I'm the same way when it comes to change. Sometimes um, people think I'm a little strange because I do like change. You know, I don't like to change just for the sake of change, but I do. I enjoy change because to me it's exciting. It's new. It's mm-hmm. kind of breaks up the routine. But I think it, if we embrace it the right way, God uses that, I think, to strengthen us, but also to help help us reach his, his plan. <clears throat> Amen. I agree. I agree with that. So one more question. Um, Two words you hear a lot in sports, all in. I mean, it's all over, no matter what sports you watch or what sports you coach or play, you hear that, you know, you want you to be all in, want you to be all in. We all know what it means, but, um, but God is very clear that that's what he wants of us. If we're say we're a follower, uh, Jesus says, deny ourselves. He says we're to, to love God first and love others. So, um, so it's, it's clear that that's, that's a part of our faith. So what does it mean for you, Ashley, in your day-to-day walk to be all in for Christ? I think it's, for me, it's one, give him all the praise and all the glory first and foremost, mm-hmm. and to do the very best that I can to, to be the daughter that he wants me to be. And I think that is sometimes challenging. I think we got to recognize it. I, you know, we got to, we got to notice times that we fall short, but I think it's, it's putting him first and foremost above everything else. And that doesn't matter if that's in, you know, your relationship um, outside of him, you know, whether that's your married relationship or your relationship to your friends you know, and it's, it's, it goes before the job. It goes before everything. And because without him, we're nothing. And I think acknowledging really that everything comes from him is, is just the most important. And I think that that's sometimes what we forget. We think when good things happen, oh, you know, or, or maybe when the bad things happen, I feel like that's actually the most, you know, when we often tend to, to, to go to God, but it's, it's usually in the good times. We sometimes forget to thank him, you know, for That's the right. of our lives. That's something I've, I've, I've always noticed is that, um, why is it that, you know, when times are tough, that that's you know, where we go first, but not to always the great. So. That's very good. Um, I was talking to someone recently and they said, the, you know, they discovered that the key is, you know, giving God the glory on the good days, but also whether it's a defeat or a loss of job or whatever, you know, God still is worthy of praise in that Mm -hmm. because it's part of his plan, you know, but if we only acknowledge God 
um, and when things are great or we only go to him when things are bad, then yeah, we've got, it's all, it's all messed up. I like what you said about um, remembering that without him, we're nothing, then everything comes from him. And, um, you know, remembering that everything comes from him. I've heard that all my life. I grew up in the church, but that's still something that I struggle with today is just remembering that everything and not just the big things are from him. Yes. Yes. Uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think finding that time to make sure, you know, first thing in the morning, that's the best part I love about working so far away from, you know, or living so far away from where I work. <laughs> gives me that 30 minute window to kind of have that conversation and and listen to music that puts me in the right mindset to be so appreciative like hey god you know help me be a good role model to kids and it kind of puts me at ease to start my day and I'm super thankful that I have that that drive even though it is a drive but I am glad I have it yeah but you know it's using the drive for for something good right Mm mm-hmm I was reading something the other day that um, this guy, uh, John Gordon, I was a big fan of his reading several of his books, and um, he was talking about he takes a, a, a thank you walk or a grateful walk. Every day he tries to get out and just for the sole purpose of just going for a walk and just processing and thanking God everything he's thankful for. That's awesome. I thought, man, if I could just really every day, if I actually was thankful <laughs> – Yes, I, that's so funny. I I always find that the time that I I it's so easy for me to always thank him for some reason at yoga at the end of yoga I feel like that's my that is my best time of man I'm just so thankful thankful for the life you've given me and the people I don't know why maybe it's because you're so still in that moment yeah no it is it's that's great his books by the way are fantastic he wrote the energy blast yes yeah. yes. Yeah, that was one of the first ones I've read, and then I've read probably four or five more over the last couple of months. And um, uh-huh. just because of, you know, just his energy and passion, um, you know, and as he was talking about being thankful, I'm sitting here thinking as a dad, I'm always, we've got three kids telling my kids, you're ungrateful, you're ungrateful, be thankful, be thankful for the little things. You don't know what all you have. <laughs> you need to be thankful. Okay. But then... But then I take a step back and go, it's conversations like this that we're having going, but and God's probably doing that to me. You know, Stuart, you're ungrateful. You're not being thankful. Do you realize what all you have? And I'm sitting there going, I'm saying all this stuff to my kids, but God's, you know, saying the same things to me. And I'm, and I'm not listening, obviously. But <laughs> I think we could all say that. Uh, yeah. 100% I'll say that. That's good. Hey, I appreciate it. I know it's a busy time with the end of school and transitioning jobs. Uh, thanks for being willing to do this and uh, give us a glimpse of who you are. And I know I've been encouraged, so I appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you again to Ashley for taking the time to join me. When we recorded that episode, she was finishing up the school year and transitioning jobs at the same time. So thank you again, Ashley, for taking the time to, to join us and just encouraging us. Um, I know I took a lot of a lot of notes as I always do and I sit here and I look over kind of the highlights and you know just I love what you talked about was to have accountability, have a mentor. We can't do life alone. You know God didn't design us to live uh, by ourselves. He designed us to have mentors, to have 
um, peers to have prayer partners. She talked about having a prayer partner, someone that she can she can pray pray with. And there's for us, there's there's strength in numbers, um, and just the reminder that you know what, no matter what you're going through, you're never alone. God is always always with you, and His plan is always greater than my plan. And just lastly. You know, we, we talk about this a lot on a lot of the other pre, previous episodes, but just, you know what? God needs to be our number one. You know, without him, we're nothing. So we need to give him our everything above everything, whether it's sports or business or family, no matter what. Relationship with God is number one. But understand, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. But it's how we react to that that's important. So I would encourage you to, um, if you're going through a tough time, just know that you're not alone. Seek a mentor. Have someone in your life that can pray, pray with you, pray over you, can hold you accountable. Don't go through this alone. But just remember that God is always with you, and he has a very special plan for your life, and his plan is much better than your plan or my plan. I would encourage you to... Um, Share this episode with a family member or a friend. Somebody needs to hear this. So hit the forward button on your phone or iPad or laptop and just forward the link to somebody. Um, somebody that needs to be encouraged and to hear a good word. Thank you again for listening. We always love to hear from you. Thank you for your support, your encouragement. You can interact with us on social media, All In Sports Outreach on Facebook or our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us, to give. And lastly, if you don't subscribe to this, just click the little subscribe button. Whatever podcasting platform you, you, you utilize, hit the subscribe button. Go back and listen to the previous 80 episodes over time and, and then, auto, then get the automatic downloads of future episodes. We have a lot of exciting ones coming up. Just amazing what God is, is doing and the guests that he's bringing to us. So go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss one. Again, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your support.